Well, I'm coming to your soccer tryout this afternoon. No, you don't have to. But here I come. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Cool. 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 Good. Okay. So, oh, you don't want to be late for school. See you. Oh, go, go, go. I'll be I'll be cheering for you. Our team is red hot. Your team ain't doodly squat. Today's episode, Cats and Dogs. Hey guys, this is Ryan from TheMoonIsDeadWorld.net, and I'm joined with my, my co-host, Martin. How's it going? Just took a swig of beer there while we were doing his introduction. It's uh, sweltering hot out. It is very warm. It's uh, probably, what, what would you say, like 90 degrees? Well, it was 90 degrees today. It, it still feels like it. It's pretty, pretty it, miserable. Sun, sun's down. It, it's still... Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely, it's always hot in this room when we do the podcast. Well, so we're in it. <laughs> oh, whoa. Mm. Oh, man. Wow. Beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's been it's been pretty miserable out. And we wanted to kind of add to that misery by watching a film that neither of us probably would ever go out of our way to watch when it's not for a podcast episode. And for Jeff Goldblum Month. And for Jeff Goldblum Month, which we're still continuing, even though we had a slight, uh, uh, you know, interruption there with Ghostbusters last week. Um, it's still Jeff Goldblum Month. We're still celebrating the Goldblumian factor. And uh, for this film, re- regardless of how you feel about the film itself and, and the subject matter, at least Jeff Goldblum is there to really amp up the Goldblumian factor. And they collect a paycheck and have fun. That's right. We're obviously talking about cats and dogs. Well, you already said that. We did at the beginning of the <laughs> film, at the beginning of the podcast. But yeah, we're talking about cats and dogs, which is a 2001 film um, that enlisted the help of a lot of you know solid actors to be in a film that actually has a really shitty plot, <laughs> so, one that like barely makes sense throughout much of the film. You can kind of see how it could yeah. possibly be viewed as nice, a fun, uh, a fun comedic action romp for the family. Homeward Bound, it's not. Well, it, it doesn't have the impeccable Sally Fields in it. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and uh, Michael J. Fox. Is he in that? Isn't doesn't he play uh, the pug dog? Or whatever, I have no or idea. Whatever the hell that gets to like be the, the porcupine quills. I'm really, pretty sure. Really have no. I'm idea pretty sure about... that's Michael J. Fox that plays the like the bulldog. I watched it like it one time. Yeah, yeah, it is Michael J. Fox. You're right. You're right. I told you. So what was that? Why? Why did I say Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Then he's not in that, is he? I don't think so. No. I was. I for a little while I thought he was, but maybe. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe he's in a different movie. Maybe he's in the second one. I'm going to look that up now. i got to look. Nope, it's Michael J. Fox and Sally Field came back for the sequel. Well, they play the same character. I know, but I'm just saying, like, they could have easily, for Homeward Bound, they could have yeah, easily said, like, we're going to make a sequel. And you know what? I don't and even think that was a direct video I think that actually got released in theaters. I think it theaters. did get released in theaters as well. Yeah. 
But that's just interesting. But we're not here to talk about Homeward Bound. That'll be another episode of the Blood and Black Rum podcast, <laughs> generally about horror and jellos, but also taking on kids' films with dogs and cats. Um, yeah, so Cats and Dogs is a, a film that... Had you seen it before? Have, have you seen Cats and Dogs at I, all? Yeah. Oh, you have seen it before. I saw it in theaters. And, <laughs> yeah, well, it was 2001, so you would have been how old at that time? 10 or 11. 10 or 11. So, I guess that makes sense. You were already following the Jeff Goldblum oh, train. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Because you, you had been a big fan of um, Independence Day. Yep. Jurassic Park. Yep. The Lost World. Saw a million times. What else, are, what else at that age with Jeff Goldblum? Um, you know, that's probably it. That's probably it. Yeah. You wouldn't gotten to the fly at that no, time. God, no, David Cronenberg wasn't on your radar. No, no. <laughs> you didn't see Videodrome or anything like oh, that. No no, 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 not not at ten. Maybe maybe thirteen. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I I I said at the beginning when I when we started watching Cats and Dogs, I thought I had seen it, and I do remember certain snippets, but I don't think I've seen. I I don't think I ever watched all of it. I I remember some of it, but I don't think I've. You know, I don't have a good memory on the the most of the film. So I, I've never really seen it before. But I can't say I liked it now either. <laughs> um, I mean, when you t- when we take on cats and dogs, we, we, we kind of realize, you know, you said it as a joke. You said it because you just knew that Jeff, Jeff Goldblum was in it. You said it as a joke. I took it as, you know, we're actually going to do it because I'm weird like that and I'm... I'm open to doing different things with the podcast. It's not always, it's not always fun to stick to the same routine. So, um, <laughs> you got to branch out a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I can't say that I can't say that I really enjoyed it. I, I, I mean, it has its funny moments, but at the same time, it's overwhelmingly sweet and cloying. <laughs> and you know the whims the whimsy factors <laughs> yeah yeah we're not even not even the jeff goldblum factor but the whimsy factor is nauseating from the, from the moment that the the soundtrack kicks in with the violins and string instruments and flute uh you know some f- some flautist with it's like what some, paid good money somebody, to do. Somebody heard the theme to Forrest Gump and like the ending to it, and like I want that, but even bigger and constant throughout the entire <laughs> film. You know, you know when in Forrest Gump there's a emotional scene and the the music swells. Well, that swell is going to be the entire film. Just, I, just, just, you know, as soon as that leaf is in the air and you hear the. <laughs> That's, I want that to carry the entire film. I want even somber moments to be filled with that that musical swell. Well, there is. Yeah, that's you know, all, that's we, a... I don't want to give it away here, but we're talking about a 15-year-old move, kid's <laughs> movie. But at the end, there's a, a moment where, you know, it looks like our uh, main dog, whose name is Lou short for loser, which our asshole kid names him at the beginning of the film. But anyway, Lou looks like he's 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 laying out prostrate. He looks like he's gonna gonna go up to he, he looks like he's gonna join the cast of All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> and again, there's a whimsical tone to that because it for, I think it's I think it's because like we don't want to make the kids feel too bad. 
and at the same time, if there's he can any just get another of, one. He can just right, like, yes, <laughs> that's that's the you know the main part of the first the, the beginning part of the film. He does just get it. They do get a new dog. They're like, ah, oh, well, your old one ran away, but here's this one now. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll forget about the other one. But yeah, in this one, you know, you don't want the kids to feel too bad, and for the adults sitting in the in the audience, they're like, fucking dog's gonna come back to life. I know it. I know it. You want to make those people at least, you know, have something to, you know, to to look forward to. Like they're like, I knew it. I knew it. I can read this movie like a book. I looking at the IMDb page. I cannot believe there was a sequel created for this film. Well, neither can I, but... 2010, Cats and Dogs... So, nine years cool. after yeah. the fact... Someone, someone said, we need a new one. <laughs> we need to revitalize this. Was it New Line? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> we need to revitalize this this film franchise. And they're like, you know, the other people in the, on, on the table were like, what franchise? And they're like, the Cats and Dogs <laughs> franchise! Like, we're talking about, you know, Cats and Dogs... You know, Homeward Bound was a big one. There, there. Milo and Otis. You know, and you're like, those never really made that much money for us. It's like, well, they will now. There's a big swing for all these Garfield. Yeah. Well, that's why I, I kind of find it funny, too, because like, D- Disney is doing a remake now of Pete's Dragon. Yeah. Who the hell was sitting there going like, hey, you know what's a, a Disney movie that we should really retool for the modern age? Pete's Dragon. I do think that Pete's Dragon has its fans, though. I think that one does. I I remember owning it on VHS. I don't. Yeah. Remember, I could be damned to tell you. I I watched it a lot as a kid, but I could be I damned. I never saw it. I I, I remember. Never I remember, interested. Probably the last time I saw it was like when I was like six or seven. But I and I saw it a billion times. Yeah. I had it on VHS, but I could be damned to sit here and tell you like, like what it's wow, about or what, what a ma- like what a magical like is just like. Shut up and watch. Yeah, I never, I've never seen it. Did before. it impact me like Space Jam did? <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah, that's it's the same thing with cats and dogs, though. I mean, who was sitting around nine years later and and saying, you know, well, I mean, I guess maybe this director Brad Payton was because I, I see his name linked to it. But but other than that, you know, like even the director of the original Cats and well, Dogs, maybe Lawrence maybe the original, maybe the originally planning a Cats and Dogs sequel earlier because Alec Baldwin probably needed money but the, by yeah. that time he had that 30 Rock money coming in so he's, no, probably, that's true. he's probably like I don't need this shit no in 2010 Bette Midler needed the money <laughs> so she plays the the main kitty galore in that film Neil Patrick Harris needed the money and P- oh and he's oh he's the voice that's of actually Lou. got a stacked cast as well Cat Williams is in it, playing a, probably a pretty uh, racially stereotyped voice for one of the dogs. Called uh, Seamus. Uh, Seamus. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing that's pretty stereotyped right there. Christina Applegate. Nick Nolte. Jesus. How do they get these people for this, you know... Money. <laughs> really? That film? Did they even... I wonder if it had to have gotten a theatrical... Or, no. Yeah. yeah. Unleashed no. in 3D. Cats and Dogs 2 in 3D. I don't ever remember seeing a, tra- <laughs> a trailer or anything. I know. Uh, yeah, I did because this this you know user review sums it up quite well. Go to the movies and bring your kids to see this movie, and then run like I think they meant run like hell to see Inception. 
So drop your kids off. Hopefully, no pervert is in the you know in the audience. Just waiting for your kids to walk into Cats and Dogs 2 and go see Inception instead and pretend like Cats and Dogs never happened. Anyway. Oh my god. Anyway. Oh, Chris O'Donnell's also? (laughs) They got everybody. They got to everybody. Money talks, man. Money talks. Wait, wait. Go down. Go down. In this case. Fred Armisen! Yeah. Well, Fred Armisen, I feel like, will, will take on any, like, um... Roger Moore! <laughs> Roger! And he plays Tab Lazenby. They couldn't get George Lazenby? They had to, they had to get... <laughs> no, they couldn't get George Lazenby. They had to get Roger Moore instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Except for Jeff Goldblum, we should have watched Cats and Dogs 2 instead. I'm sure they upped the ante in every, every way. <laughs> It's in 3D. For it literally sakes. blows my mind. So I, I imagine with the name Tad, it's got he's got to be a cat. So Roger Moore is playing yeah. a probably pompous British cat named Tab Lazenby, and they instead of getting George Lazenby, who definitely isn't getting any work. Yeah, he hasn't since like probably Universal Soldier in 1971. <laughs> blows my mind. All right, we got give give George work. Give him work. He's got dirt bikes that he likes to drive around to, to fix up and refuel. <laughs> well, it's like, a weird tidbit of information he like, he to, likes, yeah, he to likes, provide. Yeah, he likes to. He, I know he like he like quit. I know he. I think he quit like acting in like the eighties because he's all just getting commercials and shit. And yeah, I think he's like a real estate agent or some shit now. Really. You wouldn't take, like, just random crappy roles rather than be a real estate agent? Well, I'm, if he didn't get Cats and Dogs 2 <laughs> yeah. with a character obviously named after him. Well, we got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they did contact him, and he's like, no, no, sorry, I've got too many houses on the market right now. I can't, I can't do, I, I don't have time to do a voiceover work. you got to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. They They may have attempted it. I don't know if that's what he's really doing. Or not. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I, I'm just. I, I just know from because I've, I've seen interviews because they like every time like a Bond film comes out, yeah. they'll they'll do like one in, they'll do interview. one interview with him like the forgotten Bond, George oh, Lazenby. Yeah, he probably enjoys being referred to as that too, the forgotten one, the one who really is not that important. In well, that, like I said, that always blows my mind because I actually think Lazenby is a good Bond. Yeah, and Honor Her Majesty's Secret Service is the second best Bond film of all time. It's fantastic. I think if he. Would stay if he didn't get terrible advice because his agent at the time said, "Oh, these Bond films are going to die. They're going because the peace love." Like everyone saw Easy Rider in '69, the same year Honor Majesty's Secret Service came out. Like that's the way of films are going to go, man. Easy Rider, just guys riding on a bicycle, on a motorcycle, and taking LSD and the strange things they see. That's the future of film, and that's what he went off to do because he's like. Oh, the Bond films are going to be dead in yeah. a couple of years. And what do you they, know? They kept, want kept. they wanted to see things like you know things like Easy Rider, like that, like the which, Jap- which Japanese I do traveling guitarist film. Which I which I do like. I do like Easy Rider. Easy Rider is a really good film, but but it didn't go that way though. No, it, it, it didn't go that no. way. But too I but, but I mean I well too bad for him. But I also think as like a from this is getting off topic. But as a Bond fan, I like to me I think. If he would have done like maybe two more films, 
Yeah. He would have been a really good Bond. If he if they did Diamonds Are Forever with him, like the way they originally wanted to do it, that would have been a good film instead of this cheesy, campy bullshit fest with Sean Connery who had no fucks to give. Just being like, yep, whatever. Oh, you threw that bitch from 12 stories high into a pool? Oh, well. <laughs> Her name was Plenty O'Toole. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just a bag of cellulite. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, Alright, let's take a break real quick and talk about what we're drinking because, you know, we can't spend we can spend all of our introduction talking about cats and dogs and we'll have nothing left to talk about in the last half of, of the uh, podcast. So, uh, what, do you, what, what did you bring today? I brought us... Because uh, I'm a cheap bastard. I don't bring anything anymore. No, no I just, you don't. I just no, say, you don't. hey, come over, we'll feed you dinner, you know... That's it. Oh, what the hell? I know. I don't. I don't what so the hell's up? With I that can supply the hard liquor. I haven't bought beer in quite a while, but I can supply the hard liquor. Oh, I don't want hard liquor because it's. I hot. made a mint julep the other it's, day oh. <laughs> from my garden. I got it. Mint from the garden. Yeah. I went to the track <laughs> beforehand <laughs> with my my large hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say what I was thinking, but no crushed ice though. No. I used my. Uh, Did you use Pepsi nineteen ninety three? Because apparently that makes a fantastic mint julep or like a juniper with Pepsi eighteen ninety three. Mint juleps though they really don't have anything else in them besides whiskey and mint and maybe a little bit of like sparkling water. I could have swore I saw like for maybe maybe it's a version of one, but uh, yeah, all I made I made Alton Browns from Food Network. Yeah, yeah. I made it, and I had, you know, I have mint that's growing in my garden. It's growing out of control, so I decided that I wanted to use it. I've never had a mint julep before, so I don't even know if I made it correctly. Mine could have been complete shit. I've never had one before because I don't own people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The trademark (laughs) drink for people who own people. I don't own a white linen suit. (laughs) Yeah. Or people. Yeah, I, I did, and I, I talk have, about how, how Pepper's Farm remembers the good old days. I mean, I did order someone to go pick the mint for me, so I guess <laughs> that counts. But no, I, I all I did was it, all it is really is you put in some some uh, bourbon, you uh, you put mint in the bottom and you muddle it up. I don't have a muddler, so I had to rip it up. That's not really scientific <laughs> technique or like a you know bar science or anything like that but well, I, if it's muddled if it's muddled and, and not ripped then it's gonna throw the whole balance that's, off yeah no i ripped it and then you get little pieces of mint when you're drinking it i guess so um and clean, and, clean your teeth yeah you uh you add uh sparkling water seltzer water mm-hmm. and that's about it you, you you mix the mint and the whiskey and the sparkling water together and also you know his recipe said to have crushed ice but crushed ice is really going to water your drink down like i want to taste the whiskey i don't really want it to be watered so well, I, i'm pretty sure it's supposed to be watered down so it's probably it can be nice and refreshing yeah but i didn't so, so you get I prime, prime, my, so you probably get because it's watered down, you get more of that crisp mint well, taste and to refresh and, you. Well, it. the reason why I didn't do it is because I saw some comments online that were about this Alton Brown recipe, and they're like, well, it's pretty much swamp water at this point. And you, <laughs> you put the rocks and stuff in. So, so instead of doing that, I uh, I just put my uh, my frozen rocks in, because I have those the cubes that are Fancy. not ice cubes, yeah. but they're just frozen rocks. So... So I put those in, and it's not bad. It's not my favorite drink. I definitely would take a, a Manhattan over it, like a rye Manhattan. But for what I have, well, that probably would not have been nice on a scorching yeah. summer day. Yeah, 
so uh, so that's what that those were, that was my drinking excursion was a a mint julep you know i am planning on buying a plantation at some point and uh anybody looking to work for no money can come and join me and then that that way i will definitely be drinking a mint julep the right way wait way to sell it yeah i'll be <laughs> drinking a mint julep the correct way <laughs> gotta have a nice porch rocker bolo tie yeah and I said, I do declare. Tobacky, tobacky, uh, spittoon. <laughs> rifle a da- a rifle da- across the lap. <laughs> a daughter named Umbriel. Umbriel, diesel Yankees. <laughs> I love that line from Futuro. <laughs> There's a, just a, a pole in the yard with a chain on it. Like, no one, no one's chained there right now, but it's just for looks, you know, for show. Make sure no one's getting uppity. <laughs> Daughter ain't running away with no black man. <laughs> you know, good old southern living. Before we offend any more people, take it away with what you brought today. <laughs> well, I brought Brown's Cream Ale. And Browns is a local brewery. It is for us. It's uh, based out of Troy, New York. I've never been, but you've been. I've been. Got burger there. They they got good food, and they also have um, good beer at reasonable prices. If you buy a growler, you can get your growler filled generally with sp- most beers because some are more expensive. Their growler's pretty huge. Too. Yeah, most beers are ten bucks for a growler fill. So. Really not bad prices yeah. at all. And their cream ale, um, I wish they sold it in 12 packs around here, but they don't. They only sell it in six packs or their, like their variety pack. Yeah. Um, it's very good. It's very crisp, very refreshing. Very refreshing, yeah. Very light. Um, I, I, like, I, like I've said a thousand times before when, it was, when I talk about like Jenny cream ale, I wish more people would do a cream ale style. Yeah. To... Authentic American style. It's one of the very few. I've said it a thousand times. And theirs, compa- theirs compared to Jenny is obviously a better in- yeah. encapsulation Lop, of know. what a cream ale is like. Yeah. Better ingredients. Better, you know. But, you know, I'd always go with Jenny. You prefer Jenny. I would always prefer Jenny. It's a lot cheaper. Well, that's why. When so, you buy browns out in like a pack... That was, Even it was a ten, six or like twelve pack, ten fifty for that. Yeah, six pack, it's pretty so. expensive. So, but it is good, and on a nice, hot, humid, balmy day like it is today, it's a very good drink. It's nice if you didn't, if you don't want to go with like a crisp pilsner or like a shandy. Yeah, a nice cream ale. You know, yeah, toiling away in the sun, mowing your lawn, have cream ale. Uh, probably the genuine one though, because you'll probably you'll be going through. <laughs> we'll be going through yeah. them left and right. We've already so gone through hot. the six pack of this cream now. But no, it's really good. I Browns. I haven't had a beer from Browns that I haven't liked. Nope. Um, their oatmeal stout is great. Really good. Probably their most famous. Yeah, they're renowned for their oatmeal stout. It's very good. Terrible drink to have today. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a like a fun aside with Browns. Um, our friend lives in Troy. And so this past, no, not this past Christmas, but two, the, Christmas. two Christmases ago, 
uh, we did a, a little party with our friends where we did a Christmas with the Cranks drinking party. It's and that's that, coming to the podcast. That by is the way. coming to the podcast. It's one that I did a long um, back in college, and we it's a pr- it's a really difficult game. It's really really hard, and I I, I shit you not, it, it's probably one of the hardest drinking games I know of. It. We'll probably we'll get into it a little bit more when we do the the podcast episode of it. But it involves drinking every time you hear Christmas, um, Luther, Frosty, and uh, some other. There's some other ones as well. It's a really if, if Luther's mean to a cat yep, and Hickory Luther's, Honey Ham and Hickory Honey Ham. And at first, when you start playing, it doesn't seem like a lot, right? And no, because I, I, I remember like yeah, for, at like the beginning you're like, yeah, this fif- is like nothing. 15, I remember like 15 minutes in, I was like. <laughs> this isn't so bad. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think everybody that was there, because they were inexperienced with playing, they'd never played it with us before, they're all like, oh, this isn't too bad, you know. And then by the end, people were, you know, there was a guy hugging a toilet. It gets it gets to be, you know, like, frosty, 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 like, mentioned like 15 times in one, one sentence. So it gets to be a lot. But our friend had uh, brought a growler for, or a... Was it a growler? Yeah, it was a growler. Yeah, it was a he growler. a growler from Browns, and it was... They're strong Yeah, ale. they're strong ale. And that, which that, was, that's, uh, wait, wait, I was going to say, which isn't, um, like, like saying, like, oh, it's their strongest way. No, it's, it's it, technically, it's called a strong ale. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it was, like, a 9% al- yeah. alcohol by volume. High, high alcohol value. And a very hearty yeah. drink. It wasn't, like, going down smooth. It was uh, very... It was it was difficult to say the least, and yeah, that was very difficult to stomach, especially with this this particular drinking game is really difficult. But they do make a good beer, and we have to get down there sometime because it's there's a bunch of them. Not even that go. it's not even that far away, but you just never been there, so yeah, we got to well, get down there at some well, point. You, well, you got to clear your schedule, Mister Mister Busy Man. That's true. All right, all right. Let's get to cats and dogs here. Let's start out first. What? Who do you side with? Do you side with the cats or you side with the dogs? Dogs. You side with dogs? God, yes. I mean, okay, you can't just pick a side and then not give a reason, though. I mean, you got to give me a reason here. Why you side with the dogs? Because they're not assholes. So Cats are assholes. I mean, in the film or in life, cats both. are assholes. In both. In both. both. Well, <laughs> your cats are kind of assholes. My cat's an asshole. Yeah, that's true. I would probably side with the cats, though. They look like they have a fun life. <laughs> Scheming, coming up with that's right plans to overthrow, take you know, learning to be ninjas. I want to be a cat. We don't want to be a secret agent. I don't know. They don't look like they have that much fun. It looks boring. You don't want to get your news from Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think that the dog's lifestyle, they look boring. They're just boring. And they have a military that, you know, looks pretty, um, I don't know. What, what's the word I'm looking for? They look pretty strict, I guess. You know, we see the training of the dogs in the first part of the film, and it looks like it's going to breed another bunch of police officers that are going to shoot black people. <laughs> that's what it looks like to me, <laughs> and and that's just not not cool. Uh, the hesitation in your voice says otherwise. <laughs> no, no, no. That's you know that, but that's what it seems like. It seems like 
that's what the the dogs are doing. They're like training to be, you know, they're mimicking our our military right now. That kind of breaks people down and forces them to follow well orders until they have no thoughts themselves. Well, I mean, to be fair, they're dogs. That's what we do with dogs. That is what we do. We. You train the dog. Does that make it right? Well, when you get a dog, you train them to like sit, shake, roll over, do all those things to be obedient and and do people do that with cats? No, because cats no. don't give a fuck. Cats, That's true. Cat. Well, in this film, though, who, they do. Who, who tries to sit around and like, okay, kitty, shake? The cat would look at you and walk off. Yeah, be like, oh, pretty fuck. much. So it's because we can train dogs. That cats, is true. Cat, cats, you can't. They, can't. Really. They, they won't be trained. They won't be. They won't tolerate any sort of. I got, a, I got a fat obedience. I got a fat lazy cat who just sits and sleeps and eats and hates people, hates everybody. Yeah, that's that's the life that's, of a cat. That's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. So what's this film about? Break it down. It's about dogs secretly being part of a secret agency. They try to keep the balance where humans will. They will continue, uh, continue to be man's best friend, and they fight the never-ending war against cats who are trying to upset that balance and take over, not just become man's best friend, but to rule man. And the, the biggest thing is that the dogs are protecting this one specific family, um, the, the Brodies, Brodies, who, they're, they're the, the father figure, who's played by Jeff Goldblum, we <laughs> love, <laughs> yeah, we love him, we love him, um, he's a scientist who's trying to come up with the, uh, perfect the cure, solution. The cure for dog allergies. Yeah, cure for dog allergies. He's, like, obsessed with it. This has become his life's work. This is like, you know, Jeff Goldblum in the fly times 100, because, <laughs> You know, you thought Jeff Goldblum was Obsessive. dedicated dedicated in the fly. Wait till you see him in, in uh, Cats, and, Cats dogs. and Dogs, it's where same, he's pretty much just lost his mind. It's the same role, but he's... Yeah. I would say he, he's... He's, he, he's even, you know, he's as, even, as even a, more obsessive than Brundle. As a fly monster, he's saner there than he is in Cats and Dogs. And so that's, that's saying a lot. <laughs> so the biggest part of the film is uh, Lou, that loser dog, who has been kind of drafted into this family, um, unknowing, un, unwitting, ugh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, unwittingly to protect the Professor Brody and his scientific research because he's accidentally picked rather than a dog that has been bred to protect that family. They've been bred by the secret agency, and really Lou is not a part of that and doesn't know anything about it. And so he's kind of, he's he's uh, out of his element, is what I will say. Fish out of water story. That's, that's right. He doesn't, he's a, he's a kid coming of age, and he's forced to and he wants see a, the terror of the world. And he wants adventure, damn it. That's that, right. He, he, he's, he's like a... He he's, want, he, he's that person... Like, he's like a girl on Tinder. <laughs> he wants adventure. Kayaking, perhaps. That could, that could end a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, he, uh... How did you know? You're married. You shouldn't be on Tinder. Be, well, because I, I've seen, like, people's profiles, and they always talk about adventures. They want to go on adventures. 
what's an adventure? Like, what is, what is an adventure? Well, is that I, why, I, I, are you like going on well, safari? Well, what I find funny is everyone says like, oh, it's just for hookups and whatnot, and half the time when you see, it's like, I'm not, I'm looking for something serious. I don't know why they didn't just call it like fuckables or something like that instead of Tinder. So should have done that then. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's about sex thing. Yeah. Should have done that instead. Adventures. What is an adventure? But, yeah, so, Luke, yeah, this film is chock full of so many of your stereotypes. Oh, God, yeah. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, because like I said, the music is overly whimsy. From Right from the get-go, it's like, they're saying, like, this film is whimsical. You will be, you will be filled with so much whimsy and lightheartedness and good fun by the end, you won't know what to do with yourself. And our protagonist, even though the star of the film is Jeff Goldblum, our protagonist, Lou the Dog, played by Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. is that that young kid that he craves more. He wants that. He wants adventure. He wants that special life. Right. And he also. You don't know why. He just. He, yeah, just, he just wants it. He just wants. Yeah. Why? It's all dogs. That. That's what they want. They, but he he doesn't he's not able to get out of this this uh, covert lifestyle either, you know because um, Alec Baldwin's dog is you know the head lieutenant basically, and he's stopping he's not allowing him to you know not fulfill his duties he's not they, they won't let another dog take his place he, he he's the he's got to be the one they they won't replace him and so you know Alec Baldwin. His character is basically the straight, the straight man, the one who's totally out, pulled out of like a fifties noir film. Yeah, forties or fifties noir film. Hum, you know, he's fucking Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, like if you've ever seen his uh, SNL skit in like one of the Christmas episodes where he plays the head elf who's come down to you know <laughs> put put the scare on all the elves who aren't doing their jobs properly. That's like you know in that scene he's playing it up for like laughs he's playing the straight guy for for total laughs but here he's playing basically the same character just totally straight totally straight like now listen here dog we're gonna we need listen here kid we're gonna need you to do this i can't believe you did this you put the mission on danger i don't believe this I think and then and then when uh susan sarandon's dog shows up it's basically what he didn't say, but it's basically like he was about to say, like, out of all the dog bone joints in the world, and yeah. all of them, she walks into mine. <laughs> I actually think that Alec Baldwin is one of the best parts of the film, besides Jeff Goldblum. No, I, I think it's, he, he's totally laughable. Alec Baldwin? Yes. Yeah, it, but and that's why I think he's one of the best parts of the film, it's because so, it's so ridiculous. It's, it's so, so over the top. It's it's funny, but I don't think that I, I. You're right; it is hilarious, but I wouldn't say like that makes it one of the best points because you know it's it's being played straight. You yeah. know, it's supposed to be like you know, like yeah, see, yeah, that's what we're gonna go and do here, see, yeah, yeah. And he's playing it like that, and it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious, but cringeworthy at the same time because it's. That's who he is the entire film. Like, all right, kid, listen here. Now we're gonna go in there. And we're gonna f- need you to be careful and watch out for those cats. Oh, I wouldn't touch that dog bone if I was you. It blows up. Yeah, yeah. That would have been the quickest agent ever, ever in the history of the agency. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's 
Ugh, it's too it's too it's too ridiculous. But it, I would say that a lot of cats and dogs is ridiculous. No, it is, but see that's like cause at least with like Goldblum That's funny because that's Goldblum playing Goldblum. Yeah. It's he is literally a parody of Jeff Goldblum. I don't even I think he's barely human in this film. <laughs> I don't think he qualifies as human. <laughs> well he does have all like the electronic shit like you yeah. know, from his lab on him, so he, yeah, he very well could just be a robot. Yeah, right? I, don't, I don't think he's human here. Well, his wife's pretty inhuman too. She's, yeah, she's just there, like she does have a fantastic neckerchief on. Oh yeah, because she sells houses and <laughs> show a little neckerchief. <laughs> that's that's gonna get the sale. Done. She's like out of Greece or something in this film. <laughs> well, I said the Stepford Wives. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Um, so I mean, but for the. <laughs> I don't know how. How do you feel about the plot itself? Is it is it compelling at all? Do you do you find it compelling? No, but I think what happens in the film uplifts it. Yeah, I think it makes like some of the some of some of the scenes are kind of funny. Yeah, I I do think it does at points do a good spoof because it is if you think about it, it is a spoof of it is. Sp- of spy. Yeah, it's like a kid's version of a spoof of of spy films. Yeah, so I think I think similar to like what it, Spy Kids did. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I said it's probably better than Spy yeah. Kids. <laughs> you think it's better than Spy yeah, Kids? I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Now that was one that I used to watch a lot when I, I never liked the Spy Kids. I saw films. Spy Kids in the, at the drive-in. I I think I saw all three of those. So I did like those. Yeah, uh, I never. They, liked the they were they were funny. I never liked the Spy Kids. Robert Rodriguez. Isn't it great how Robert Rodriguez goes from making like a kid film and then like the next Ryan film he does? Uh, yeah, it's like then he goes back, terror. and then he goes back to you know fucking back to a kid film and like oh machete. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah, it's gotta be weird for him when like you cast yeah. like, oh, Alexa Vega. Like, <laughs> I remember when you were uh, this tall. Now, seriously, you, yeah, now, no. now you gotta blow me. To get Alexa the Vega, can you please pop your top <laughs> off now? <laughs> he said that during Spy Kids, actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to oh uh, pedophilia. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, we're we're running long here, but. Because I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, for the most part, this film is a pretty straightforward version of, of a kid's spoof of a spy film. And, and really, I think that they, it even does a poor job with the, the cats part of it. I don't really think that their plot, their subplot is... is uh, well done at all. You don't even here. get to see you don't even get Yeah, that's what it's, I mean. You don't get to see them. There's, like, their threat is kind of looming over the dogs, and the dogs are are constantly, you know, on guard, but, but really, we don't get to see a lot of the cats. And when we do get to see the cats, you know, like Mr. Mr. Tickles, Tinkles, um, you get to see that him in some, you know, vulnerable positions, like being bathed by the maid or being dressed in wacky clothing it's never in a position where you would actually think oh you know the cats are a real threat so i i, I think we, i mean it's kind of funny to hear us arguing about this kids movie in a way that 
is drawing attention to well, how the same poor, time, poorly not, the cats well, are Well, at the same time, it's not, it's not like the, the dogs are very competent for the most part. No. Lou, Lou, because he's a puppy and he's not even a real agent, he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. And then uh, John Lovett's dog and Michael Clark Duncan's dog, they, they're not really smart either. They're no. just like... I do think it's interesting how much pet violence there is here. You know, Peter probably had a shit show with this one. Yeah, I mean, we've got ninja cats beating up on our dog. We've got bombs going off. Uh, the opening shaking of the tree, the dog shaking the cat out of the tree. Yeah. And... There's, um, like, some sort of metal hairball that the cats can cough up that has shrapnel in it. That's dangerous. But somehow dogs are able to clean up uh, crime scenes and upholster furniture so that they're back to normal when the, the dog owners come That's back. funny, damn it. Yeah, it is funny because I'm <laughs> left thinking, like, they have... What are they, how are they doing that? They have paws. It's just <laughs> not possible. Possible? You know, possible. <laughs> you know, talking is one thing, but <laughs> upholstering a new couch, I don't think so. <laughs> I draw the line there. So... And I, and I, and I, I like to let the film, anytime like the dogs are like, congregating together, yeah. and, and a human comes by, like, human! And they literally say human, like, right when the person's, like, right next to them, they go, like, from, do, like, talking and everything to, like, I'm gonna sniff your asshole now, right? <laughs> or, like, dig a hole, and it's, like, the, the per, like, the person's right there, they would've been, like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, what the, what the fuck, that dog <laughs> just talked. No, see, that wouldn't have been a problem. Like, there's a, there's a, one scene where there's a jogger running through. Yeah, that's what, that's what, yeah, that's what. And, uh, yeah, the four dogs are together and they need to scatter. That wouldn't be a problem in today's world because everybody's got earbuds in their ears. So she would never have heard that anyway. But in that film, you know, there's no iPhone, so. But so, uh, well, what I'm saying, she's literally right there. Like, yeah, so they're like there. standing on them. Like, standing over them. And like, oh, sh- human. Like, they sniff my ass. Oh, I'm going to piss on the hydrant. Dig a hole. So you're, not, like, you're saying they're not very perceptive. No, not at all. <laughs> they would have been, if they really could talk, they would have been found out by now. Yes. I would definitely have heard my dog talk. Yeah. But. So how about Jeff Goldblum in this film? Fantastic. Shining star. Oh, God. Several gold stars for this man. And he's only in it for probably, like, 20 minutes overall, right? Not a lot. He doesn't appear until the first 10 minutes. He's got top billing, though. He does. Well, basically, the only billing at the beginning is Jeff Goldblum and Elizabeth Perkins. Like, that's... Those are the two names that you see before Cats and Dogs title is displayed across the screen, so... you looking at the IMDb page. Like, they don't even have, uh... It's because it's in the order of which they're up here. Uh, yeah. Still, though, that's... No, okay. No, it's not, actually. No. Strange. It's weird. Well, the film basically does... I mean, Goldblum gets top billing, but it stars Alec Baldwin and Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I mean, they're the prominent voices. They're the ones that are, you know, who we hear throughout the film. But... Jeff's greatness. Um, he, he's li- it's literally him playing a parody of himself. Yeah, a really heightened version of himself, and it's fantastic. And if you heard from our opening, that is his mannerisms and how he talks throughout the film. Not only that, the way he looks in this film is fantastic. As I told you, the man has a soul patch. Uh-huh. 
in this film for his facial. He's got sideburns. Yes, he does. A slight Caesar yet pompadour and a soul patch. He looks like, like as I told you, looks like he went to see the Wallflowers in '98 when they were still big and popular. Saw them play Heroes, like for the release of Godzilla. He's like, oh yeah, ooh, ooh I gotta. Ooh, yeah, that Jacob Pearl, I gotta. <laughs> I'm gonna look like him, yeah. And yet he still looks ripped and tan, nicely tan. He's in his basement all the he, time. He yeah. has a like a flannel blazer that he wears. It's great. I want one of those. I don't know where he got it. Probably like Neiman Marcus or something like that. Brooks Brothers. Yeah, I gotta get one. I gotta get me one of those. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, he's like the mad scientist of this film, and it's great. Like he's almost like Kramer from Science. Yes, yeah. Walking out of the the way his, yeah, no, you're uh, right. basement you're, you're, laboratory. Yeah, the way like it's like you can see him kind of go like, yeah, oh, yeah, hey, yeah. Jerry, how's it going? Yeah, he's like a he he's like a a kid's Kramer in this film. You know, he's like always constantly coming out of uh the, his basement laboratory with like something weird on him, something wrapped around him, or. Junior Mints in hand. <laughs> yeah. So, you can just imagine, like, his mannerisms heightened to that, you know, level, a- acting as a, a sort of kid's Kramer. Um, and, and I loved every minute of it that he's in there. He's, that film. he's, he's, the, he's the best. Part. You know, he really steals the show, and I think he realizes that he steals the show in this film. And he just goes. I think, I literally, think I, I literally think the direction when they signed them up for the film is like, Jeff, okay. Uh, just, you know the Jurassic Park laugh you did when the... <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, you have 20 minutes of screen time. That is what we want you to do the, the entire time. Yeah. Just, just like, oh, you don't want me to be like, like, oh, hi, son, how's it going? Like, you, cause, you know, you know, I imagine, I imagine Jeff Goldblum was probably like deep down like a thespian, like he's, like, he's like Sir Patrick Stewart, like he's a <laughs> Shakespearean trained actor, and he's like... Like he could, like he could get uh, casted to be in Hamlet or Richard the Third, and be like, "Yeah, Jeff, we're gonna need you to be uh, going <laughs> the entire time." Like, and he's like, "Okay, oh, yeah." Yeah, do you think he gets pissed <laughs> that he's like has to really amp up his his what he's per- been perceived of? You know, he's probably amp up that image. Well, because like, yeah, you gotta remember too, like. Jurassic, like, I mean, yeah, The Fly was kind of a, a big horror film, but it wasn't, like, a big launching pad for him. Right, no. It was Jurassic Park that was his big launching pad. So, yeah. And that's what people remember the most. Is, oh, yeah. Is his mannerisms and laugh and just how he was in, as Ian Malcolm in that. So that's why, like, Independence Day, he's like that, but kind of toned down. But Lost World, he's, you know, reprising a character, but he's the same way. So I think I think after Jurassic Park, he probably got people were like, "Oh yeah, people liked him like that." So we're gonna cast him as that's gonna be his quirk. Yeah, is him being like the laughing kind of you know. That's how he is throughout the entire film. When they go to the the, the soccer game and he's they have a fake person cut out and he's like paying for the parking lot and he's like. Uh, how much is for parking? And there's no response. Like, oh, I didn't hear you. What did you, what'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't respond. He's like, oh, no, no chili dogs for you. <laughs> you know, it's. I don't know. I I wonder how much he improvised on that. I, I honestly feel like they probably told everybody to just be hammy because they knew it was probably. Gonna, I, yeah. I, I so with with that, you know, I think 
even with like Alec Baldwin, yeah, he's playing it straight. I, which I at the same time I could I can totally see everybody getting the direction in this film. Like this is a kids' film. It's about fucking cats and dogs and war. This is gonna be a hammy movie. Everything's hammy, but Alec Baldwin's like, no, I'm gonna play it straight. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna play. I am a serious goddamn actor. I am a Baldwin, damn it. And so he plays it straight, and everyone else because like Elizabeth Banks is like. She's hammy, but like she's not even really there though to begin with. Perkins, you mean Elizabeth Perkins? Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. She like you really have like I have no opinion on her in this movie at all. No, I don't either. Because she, she she's just, just like you know she just kind of is the wife that stays out of the way. She's like you know? Home Alone Free Mom. Yeah, basically. <laughs> just like, yeah. Just yeah. like oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing about like cats and dogs. When you think about some of the other kids' movies that you remember from your childhood like like you brought up Home Alone you know is a perfect example of a kids movie that really appeals to adults as well Cats and Dogs doesn't have that it does not besides you know Jeff Goldblum it really does not appeal to the adult whatsoever there's nothing here like there's no I mean there's a little bit of mature humor that may fly over the heads of, of children Wolf Blitzer Wolf Blitzer yeah but other than that, there's not a whole lot that really appeals, and 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 you're right, that whimsical music just becomes. No, like, I think that they do have some clever adult jokes in there. Like not saying few. like dir- like dirty, like the wolf, the wolf blitzer one is one. I think like the world, the whole like dog council thing is one. Yeah, um, they do, but at the same time, like are they like great? No, like, no. it's and it. It's it's not like if you were watching SpongeBob. Yeah, and you would be if you're watching it. As a parent with a kid and being like, oh, oh man, that's, that's funny. That, that is not right. something a child yeah. is going to pick up on. Um, I don't know. I just didn't really think that it had any lasting appeal for for any adults. I mean, for kids, yeah, it's it's kind of an inventive movie. that I definitely can see where they would find some of it to be intriguing. There's a lot of lowbrow humor, like fart jokes and things that... Kids are probably going to be like, oh, you farted, you know, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I only saw that in the four other television shows. Well, I, think, I think it helps the film's only 80 minutes. Yeah, it definitely so, helps. So, you know, it, it definitely helped me. <laughs> I know well, that, that's one nice thing, the, pa- the pacing of it is fast, so yeah, it's Yeah, it's pretty fast, yeah. So, you're not going to be like, what the fuck is this thing? Yeah. No, yeah, it's pretty quick. I, would I go out of my way to ever watch it again? No. If my... If well, my, neither would I. Yeah, I mean, if my kids wanted to watch it, I would probably say no. Well, they wouldn't. Yourself. Well, they wouldn't know about it. Yeah, unless, I know. unless you show it to them. Yeah. So. But um, yeah, so I mean, it, it's a it's a solid, and really, the only reason that you should even watch it at all is for Jeff Goldblum. Which and and to be fair, if it's not just Jeff Goldblum that steals the show, it is also. Mr. Tinkles himself, Sean Hayes. Yeah. He's hilarious, too. He's pretty good. He's funny. I will give that to him. I, I will, I will that, say. That whole scene where he's pretending to be his owner driving through uh, his... Factory. Flocking factory. Um, you know, telling everybody to get out of his way and, and you know... <laughs> yes, I am your employer! <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, I am your employer. I am not an evil cat trying to take over the world. Uh, that's pretty good. That, those are pretty good. Those are pretty good jokes, despite their you know their obvious nature. So, I I I did think that was 
that was pretty good. You're right. Sean Hayes does a pretty good and job that, of that. that. He, he, I think again, really hamming it up on that one. But I think it work. That works. Though, yeah, because he's supposed yeah. to be the hammy, it definitely you know, works Bond, you know, hammy Bond villain. Yep. So that he no, he works fine. I, I do think uh, he's definitely one of the more enjoyable. He's definitely next to Jeff Goldblum. He's the most enjoyable part yeah. of this film. Yeah. And. That's great. It's, it's 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 great when you can tell somebody's in a hammy role and they're in, oh, yeah. and they're enjoying every second. Oh, of yeah, this, like definitely think he was enjoying, and I think Jeff Goldblum was enjoying it. No, I think he was too. Yeah, because just like his reaction, like oh yeah. That man. one scene that we we uh, had in the introduction, uh, where he's talking to his son on the um, on the stairs, really is great because when you actually watch it, it looks like. He's treating his kid like he has a disease or something. He doesn't even know how to talk to him at all. He, even at the end, he when he's when they decide that yes, he's going to go to his soccer game. He pats him on the shoulder. Nine twice. game tri- tryouts. Yeah, tryouts. Which yeah. is amazing because the kid's eight years old. Why is there soccer tryouts for an eight like eight year old? Are, are they? I know this was like in the early two thousand, so they're in gr- grinding in like if you're eight years old, like you didn't make the goddamn team because you suck. Work hard, like. Yeah, I, which I'm sure a lot of people would probably be down with. Like, yeah, I don't want my, if my kid's not good enough to make the team, I don't want them getting no participation. Yeah. Trophy. Little Scotty, you didn't run those two miles in ten minutes. Sorry, but loser. But you're off. Yeah, you're gone. You're out. Play with the girls. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, even that, like Jeff Goldblum, treats him like he has some sort of like flesh-eating disease. He's, he taps him on the shoulder twice, very softly, just like a boop, boop, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like in a cartoon when you'd hear, like, somebody blinking. You know how they have, like, that like ding, that ding, little yeah. little xylophone hits, like, <laughs> ding, ding. That, that's what, what his pad is like. So, I I think that he may be an alien or a robot in this film, really. Well, I think that's... Run by the fly, got new skin. Yeah, I mean, it's an un, <laughs> it's an unspoken truth about the script. Is No one knows about it, but in the script it says, like, for his characters, like, <laughs> Jeff, Gold, or, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character, Professor Brody, is an alien, but no one <laughs> no one is aware of it around him. And his, his wife is a Stepford wife, because at the end of the film, it's when great. they're all playing soccer, she's... Swigging a drink in the yard. Well. That's that is great because like yeah, after the whole like like oh my god, these cats are talking. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, cats they, and dogs. They don't explain. They don't explain whether they not they still believe that cats and dogs can talk. If they got like MIB like <laughs> yeah. mind erased, or they acknowledge it and then they decide they're not gonna tell anybody because they know like people are gonna think we're fucking crazy. We're gonna get thrown in the loony bin. Yeah. So so they don't really explain it. So it almost comes off like they don't get mind wiped. The wife's sitting there drinking herself like. My husband doesn't know anything. He doesn't like our kid. He hasn't fucked yeah. me. He hasn't fucked me in years because he's too bit too too busy with his science. And I'm just gonna drink this and go visit Bob the mailman later tonight yeah. and have him give me a good ride. <laughs> That's reading a little bit into her character, don't you think? Isn't that isn't that how her character <laughs> that comes much. up? That's pretty, yeah, pretty much. That's the adult she, sub. She's that's, never home. That's the adult. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's never home. Where selling, is she? Selling selling homes. Yeah, okay. With beds. Yeah, with <laughs> beds in them. Would you like to see the bed in this house? <laughs> Aren't they gonna take it with them? Yeah, let's give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where would you put? That's, Jeff- that's I was saying. I was gonna say that that's the adult subtext. That like, is. Like, yeah. like like you know some family members watching like. 
like, oh, she's drinking that because she—he's not fucking her guy. <laughs> He's—he's too wrapped up in his work. Guarantee us. See, that's because it's the same. See, it follows the same trope of a lot of films of that time. Like liar, liar. That's why it was Jim Carrey's wife in that film fucking somebody else <laughs> because he was too busy being a dickhead lawyer cheating on her with another lawyer, lying, being a lying asshole, like not paying attention to the kid. That's true. It's the same thing here. That is true. Except Liar Liar is more of an adult film, not a kid film. This one's a kid film. So they're like, yeah. how, how can we get that, that angle across? So you got you got Liar Liar, the Santa Claus. Yep. Same same mo. Dad, uh, Dad's too obsessed with work. That's and... right. So they their relationship never made it. Mrs. Doubtfire. It's not because he's obsessed with work. Because he loves his kids and that. But he does love his kids. But, but, but he, he does ha- he does have a really busy work schedule because he's a voice he actor. Work, yeah he works as a voice actor. So that's a big part of it. Well, I think I think it's more like in that one he just doesn't pay attention to his wife. Like his wife. Yeah. Sally feels sick and tired of him being a go- the goofy man that she fell in love with, and she wants to fuck Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> goddamn, that's like, true. Like she did in college. That's true. So um, you got Jingle all the way. Aloof father. That that's that's a the close probably the closest uh, yeah one out of them yeah you got uh, forgot to get one single present. The oh, most and, important and, present and, and karate pra- practice. You didn't show up to fucking karate practice. <laughs> Went in that goddamn carpool lane when he shouldn't have, and then he had to run to Sinbad and all the trouble trouble that caused. Sinbad. <laughs> what other movies have aloof dads like this? That's a lot of them right off the cuff. That is, yeah, that's, those are, and those are all like 90s, early 2000s yeah. films that were. Hmm. Can I say Richie Rich, Jumanji? I don't know about those so much. I, I don't really know Jumanji that well. Well, you can say Jumanji because his dad wants to send him off to uh, prep school and. Yeah. So he's like, I'm running away! And then he gets sucked into the board game. Hmm. How do you not know Jumanji? That's, I never that, really watched it. it wasn't that a is big, a classic wasn't a big kid time. film from our time. I don't know. It stars Robin Williams. I know it does. Alright, so what would you? where would you put Jeff Goldblum on the Goldblumian factor ten. for this? A 10? He, he is balls to the wall in this one. That's right. Hams it up. He's the Goldblumiest. Hams it up. He is at apartments.com levels of uh, Portland. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He is he's certainly off the charts here. It's great, and like I said, it's great. I love it. Yeah. And probably the only reason that if you haven't seen Cats and Dogs, you should check it out is for Jeff Goldblum in this. We were because we haven't seen it. I hadn't seen it, and you haven't seen it in a really long time. We were kind of concerned, not really remembering it, that Jeff Goldblum wasn't going to be in it that much, and he's not. But when he is, he really makes the most of it. It does. It does, it does kind of annoy me looking back now. Not in this film particularly, but it's any film where like a certain actor gets kind of like a top billing. Yeah, and they're not in the fucking film. Yeah, like, they're not in it like hardly at all. Yeah, that, that's just like it's like with the, the new Godzilla. Oh God, yeah, like starring Brian Cranston. Yeah, it's like that's a lie. He dies real, really quick. Twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like you, you lied to me. Yeah. But then again, they couldn't like you can't say starring his kid because his kid's boring and dull and bland and nobody yeah. knows who he is. That's true. <laughs> but I, I, so I understand why they do it for marketing purposes. Like with Independence Day, starring Will Smith. No, it's starring Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, that's actually starring Jeff Goldblum. That one is. Yeah, yeah. yeah Will Smith is barely is not really that important in that film. 
It's not important at all. Oh. He just flies the damn ship at the end. Yeah. Cracks some, you know, fresh prince lines and yeah. he's off to Miami. Punch, punches an alien. Yeah. Welcome to Earth trailer. So, yes, Gold Blue Man Factor, A10 for cats and dogs. Is that and, what you would give it to? Oh, yeah, definitely. He's off the charts in this one. Um, and so, we talked about the Gold Blue Man Factor rating, but what would you actually give cats and dogs on a scale of 1 to 10 dogs? Because we're not going with cats because they fucking suck in this film. Well, They're evil. Well, they suck in general. I like cats, but you? we're not going with them for oh. this one. Talking about dogs and stuff. I don't stuff. like pussy cats. Undercover dogs. Um, I'd give it a five out of ten. Five. It, it doesn't. I. You really? Well, you weren't offended by it. No, not kind of. No, like not at all. I, 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 like I said, I. It's not a great film. It's no. not a good film, but no. it does have its moments. I think the fact that most of the cast is hamming it up is funny. I do think the overly whimsical nature of the soundtrack that. That does piss me off. That yeah. just whole Forrest Gump, you know, level of like, oh, it's like a trash bag floating in the wind all the time, and it's yeah, I mean, this I, majestic beauty. I I could have gone for a few more down tuned guitars and a somber synth score every now and then, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a funeral scene here or there would have been good. To bring things down a little bit, but that's yeah. like that's the only thing that really pisses me off about that this film is just like how like overly overly upbeat and, and whimsical, happy. overly whimsical it is. Even it's, it's, yeah, it is because it's sick. It's sickening. It's Even like, when we're talking about you know those films where the dads are kind of gone and and they don't pay enough attention to their families, they do have those downbeat scenes like, where it's like. Oh, you are a shitty dad. Yeah, oh, let's let's reflect. And the score, yeah. the score suits it. This one's like every, every everything's uplifting. Everything's fine. The the wife's like, yeah, you know, he's not around, but kid'll be okay, I guess. You know, he 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 promises he'll come to soccer this tryouts sometime. It's too positive. I know. You know who I think the uh, Elizabeth uh, Perkins character is sleeping with in this. <laughs> Who's that? The ghost of Phil Hartman from Jingle. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's, he probably got to her. Oh hey, how's it going? I definitely. Yeah, I'm <laughs> making is, cookies. How's it going, Mrs. Brody? Hey, now you take a nice hot shower. Yeah. <laughs> I'll finish up here. Yeah, that's so that, sad. That's his last film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't even get the girl in that. No, because he's a bastard. I know. He's not, he acts nice, but he's actually a bastard. No. Granted, you only get to see it, but at the same time, if you think about it, like who's worse, Arnold or Phil Hartman? I'd probably say Arnold's worse because he's just like Arnold does suck in that yeah. film. He really does. Even though he fights in the parade. And, like, saves the day. He sucks. How can you forgive him for forgetting the one day of the year that he had to get the most important present? He, one day. It's like, Christmas. No one forgets December 25th is coming up. Like, now especially. Like, if you, if Christmas you don't is know 24 Christmas is coming up, then you must have been, you know... Under a rock? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know where you were. You Someone put you in a trunk of the car and you didn't have a calendar. You didn't have your phone or anything. And you've been in a trunk... Hogtied for or, days, or you've been in Jumanji for twenty five yeah. years. And yeah, if you don't you know, you come out. If just you don't know that Christmas is coming, it's it's co- that's like a nightmare that people have for Christmas. It's like so it's Christmas we- and I didn't get anything. 
You know? That, that's like the nightmare that people... So, like, in that film, yeah, he sucks. And you can't forgive him just because he ends up beating up Sinbad and saving the day during a parade. And I, well, ends be, up with, well, beating up Sinbad's quite the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might want to... Actually, you might want to congratulate... His wife's like, I'm taking you home tonight. You know, low riding Jennifer yeah. Aniston. We're gonna celebrate you beating up Sinbad. Who who is they, it that plays the wife? Because she does. Because she does look like low riding Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, I don't know who it is. I really don't know. But yeah, Jingle All the Way is a, a, a discussion for another episode. I think for a Christmas watch. A cr- Christmas time. Um. So that's gonna do it for our cats and dogs. Uh, episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk uh, very thoroughly about uh, an old 15-year-old kids' film. And really, you should only seek this out now if you are truly interested in seeing Jeff Goldblum act his Goldblumiest, a 10 on the Goldblumian factor. And this is the Alec Baldwin playing Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so, with that said... Um, you can always check out Cats and Dogs 2, which has an even more stacked cast. I can't believe it. I, don't, I wouldn't say that. It's pretty stacked. It's stacked with Jeff... Sure. This is Jeff Goldblum, Alec fucking Baldwin, Baldwin brother. Yeah, that's true. You don't have Stephen Baldwin. You got Alec. Yeah, you got Alec. You, didn't go, you don't got Biodome. You got you got Beetlejuice and yeah. Dirty Rock. That's true. You that's got true. Susan Sarandon. Yeah, that's true. Michael Clark Duncan coming off Green Mile. Yeah. Everyone loves Green Mile. It's like Shawshank. Everyone, both of Yeah. Everyone loves him. John Lovitz. We didn't even mention John Lovitz. Yeah, you did. I think you did mention him real quick. You didn't really say that much, but you did mention him. But who doesn't love John Lovitz? It's true. You got Sean Hayes, who who does come back for the sequel. I did see him on the sequel. Um, and little did you know that you also have Charlton Heston. I didn't know that, too. You he, did? Yeah, he got a Razzie for worst supporting actor. <laughs> for this film? Yeah. He's barely in it. He's not even a supporting actor, really. I mean, he, how can you get... That I don't agree with. How I, can you get a Razzie for that? Well, like, have, he you, literally have, had have you seen sometimes like what, they, what they, what they, like what they do for yeah. a Razzie? Like, it's like, really giving that a Razzie? Yeah, I mean, someone else in this deserved a Razzie, but not Charlton Heston. He's not even in it for very long. Surprised they didn't give Goldblum the Razzie. Yeah, they could have given him the Razzie. Well, I would have di- vehemently disagreed with them. I would have... But for all the wrong reasons. I would have given them a contentious debate about, like, you, you cannot give this man a... He'll ne- he never gets a Razzie. He's, he's excluded from Razzies. Well, he should be, because he's perfect. So, uh, thank you for listening to... You Bar- never gave me your review. Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't, did I? You didn't give your score. I can't finish it then, huh? Gotta give the score before I... No, you can't. No. All right. No, people just don't want to hear what I score the damn thing. Yeah, they do. I don't speak for both of us. You're right. the more articulate one. I give it a I give it a four out of ten. I I do enjoy some of the funnier moments in it, especially Jeff Goldblum. But I I I don't know. I thought it was a drag. It's too upbeat for me. I can't deal with that. I think if it was ten minutes longer, if it was a ninety minute film instead of like an hour and twenty, then you would have been. I probably would have been close to fed up with like, it. Like a four, I would have yeah too, because like, it would have been ten more minutes Fucking of ninety un- minutes unbearable whimsy. Yeah, no, no, there is an extended director's cut version of it with just the soundtrack at the end. It's just ten minutes of whimsy soundtrack, like and and them throwing frisbee. That's it. That's the extended director's cut. The end is. 
Them throwing a frisbee, or no, actually, that was sorry, that was kicking great. a soccer ball. That was great at the end when Jeff Goldblum was kicking the soccer ball around with his kid. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like ah, pass the ball, and it hits him in the face. He's like, oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just them kicking the soccer ball around with whimsy music playing for an extra 15, 15 minutes. <laughs> then Steve Gutenberg shows up from, oh. the, big, from the big green. And, and from Casper's uh, Spirited Beginning or whatever. He's in that too. He's in Casper. No, I know he is. Uh, Bill, uh, I always mix them up. Who, which one's Pullman and Pat? It's Pullman. <laughs> Bill Pullman's in the original Casper. Yeah. With uh, Christina and, Ricci. And, and Steve Gutenberg's in the Spirited Yeah, because I had both of them on VHS. I only had the, the second one. I had both. I had the original Casper, which had, you know, Eric Idle. And... I could definitely see Steve Gutenberg replacing Jeff Goldblum in this stuff. As the the quirky dad, yeah, 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 you could definitely see that. Well, yeah, because Steve Gutenberg is a little rent. <laughs> yeah. All right, I gave you my review. Can we can we wrap it up now? Can I end it now? No, we're talking about Steve Gutenberg now. <laughs> yeah. No, wanna, that's I for wanna, another time. I want to talk about. This, I want to talk about Police Academy Eight. I love Police Academy One. Everybody does. It's hilarious. Everybody does, and then it's all. Down. Yeah, it's all Police Academy One is fucking hilarious. My wife will attest to that. But I don't know anyone that doesn't like Police Academy. I don't know. Steve Gutenberg's a, a, another month that we'll have to do. The Gutenberg the month? The Gutenberg. The Gutenberg factor. How Gutenbergian can he be? <laughs> That's true. I mean, we could do the Gutenbergian factor as well because he he can definitely get up there. I think you you seen the big green then, right? Yeah, yeah. So his, his like fake accent is <laughs> hilarious. Like, is like from being from Texas. Is like like come on down here. <laughs> the most generic Texas accent. It's like oh, Mighty Ducks is pretty popular. Let's yeah. take it and do it with soccer. We'll do it with soccer and make him a Texas guy. Good old Disney films. I do love. I do. He's love no Steve Emilio. <laughs> I do love Steve Gutenberg though. I do. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to another inane episode of the Blood and Black Rum podcast. Way to, way to sell. Selling high. That's right. Um, we will be back next time to perhaps finish out Jeff Goldblum Month with The Fly. Although it may not be our last episode of the Goldblum Month. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, there may be something uh, in store for us later on in the month but uh we will be back next time with a uh, episode about the fly not the old version but the jeff goldblum with vincent Payne. yes i do like that one as well but well, yeah well vincent a, price a, is great it's a classic but but no we'll be back with the jeff goldblum version which is also very good the david cronenberg version um so thank you for listening to us we hope that we sincerely hope that you will subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a nice review because that's how we get popular and that's how people find us. So if you leave feedback, feedback's important. Feedback's uh, important. Uh, We need to know how you feel about it so that we can change things, tweak things, get rid of a co-host or something. Um, And uh, yeah, so definitely subscribe and review us on iTunes. You can also find us on SoundCloud. That's where our episodes first go up. Uh, soundcloud.com slash blood dash and dash black dash rum uh, or you can just type us in there and make it a little bit easier on yourself um, follow us on that and you'll definitely uh, get the 
the most immediate updates to our page. Uh, you can also catch us on Facebook. Uh, you can type us in in that search. and It's, it's uh, the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We're on there. Make sure you like us. You'll get all our updates on Facebook. Um, I also have a Twitter. Martin doesn't, but I do. Uh, it's at Ryan, R-Y-N-E, T-M-I-A-D-W. You can always tweet us, and I will bring it back to Martin, and we will take your considerations about the show. Um, we I also post up on YouTube now. Uh, I, I've been trying to post some of our episodes on YouTube so that uh, anybody who's subscribed to my page can also see our uh, our episodes. So if you want to subscribe to us, um, my YouTube channel is The Moon is Dead World Net. And uh, you can subscribe to that and get all of And I try to, to post our episodes as soon as possible, but it does take a little while. So I do get those up on there if you're uh, a YouTube listener, like at work or something. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on pretty much every other uh, small-time podcasting feed service that you can think of. And after all of that, you can also email us at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. We're always looking for suggestions for new movies to cover and new weeks uh, or months that you want to see themed uh, on the podcast. So uh, other than that, I will bid you adieu. Martin, you have anything to add here before we take off? None. Did pretty good. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Catch us next time with an episode about the fly. Take care.